Hello there and welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach from ThinkChat and this is episode 39. We are going to be focusing on looking at our standards differently. This is the third transdisciplinary challenge introduction. Just a reminder that we have uh, two parts to our challenge. The first part, which is this episode, is going to be background information required so that we can complete the challenge, which is in the next episode. So you decide where you want to go, and we'll see you at the end anyway with the challenge. All right, so one of the greatest challenges as a PYP educator and coordinator has been making transdisciplinary connections using standards. Whatever school situation, and I've been them all, private, international, public, or state schools, it has felt like a tug of war between my teammates or between school leadership or above of understanding the relationship between standards and the PYP. Oftentimes, many people don't realize that the standards that we are studying and the content objectives, basically, they drive all the learning in the PYP. But we just have to look at that relationship a bit differently. So we're going to begin by looking at um, two different types of learning situations and how can we discern what's, where we are right? And where we want to end up. So teaching standards in a traditional classroom looks very um, distinct. If you enter into a traditional classroom, you will find the teacher is leading lessons founded on a district or curriculum planning guides, right? There's a pacing calendar. There's certain objectives that need to be met within a certain time frame. And these lessons are often departmentalized and there are absolutely no connections between them. This happens because a governing body, whomever that might be, has different curriculum departments or it might be a publishing house. Same rules apply. They have different curriculum departments that have and they've created these pacing calendars and planning guides in isolation. And their purpose is to ensure that the content is covered throughout the year, but not necessarily find connections in between them. And as a teacher, this, you know, especially when you're starting out, this can be the easiest thing to do. I'll be honest. You know, if you're new to teaching and you don't know how to navigate, having a guide as well as having you know a pacing calendar letting you know when these uh, contents um, ideas need to be taught it can be reassuring to newer teachers but one thing that is i've seen time and time again that as teachers are giving read aloud lessons or i'm sorry utilizing a read aloud for a reading lesson there's oftentimes a different um, mentor text for the writing lesson, which has been chosen by these departments or, you know, governing forces. 
And there's no connection at all, even within English language arts, let alone with social studies and science uh, that's being learned at the same time. And as a result, the learning is compartmentalized, as we talked about previously, and the learners have to remember a lot of useless information and terms within isolation, which means that the ultimate goal for the unit is short-term memorization or to pass a test at the end of the year, not for learning transfer. And by the following year, the student has completely let go of all the content that they learned and they cannot remember or re be able to replicate most processes in new learning situations. And this is a problem because now we're creating, as Kylie Beers states, a, a generation of literate illiterates, children who know how to read, but don't want to read, don't love reading, and we're, we're churning it out. And that, uh, that is not education to me. That's being taught uh, con um, skills, right? But teaching standards in a transdisciplinary classroom, it looks differently. It's utilizing the same tools, but in a different way. And I think that's the key. We're still utilizing the same tools, still utilizing the same standards, but how we teach them, completely different. So when you enter a transdisciplinary classroom, you'll find some direct instruction. We are not against direct instruction. Mini lessons, that's the best. The workshop model, love it because you give a nugget and then you're able to go and help children and give them some independent and peer practice time. Love it. There is going to be that direct instruction of subjectary content since facts are the foundation of understanding. But learners go beyond the facts in these isolated content areas and try to bridge them together through the use of the key and related concepts. And we're going to go into concepts soon to help you understand how to wield these concepts. Because we've been talking about it, but oh my gosh, it's so rich. And learning ultimately has a purpose in a transdisciplinary classroom, which is centralized in one thing, the central idea. The central idea provides an anchor for the learning in the unit of inquiry because it's derived from the concepts in those transdisciplinary themes. The content being shared within a unit always ties back to the exam as an example of the central idea. And we're also doing this and breaking down what is the central idea through the lines of inquiry, which is our what we know and what we do within a unit, right? Oh, so good. I, I'm about to, I, I just can't contain myself. I love this stuff. And as students go through the day, just imagine this. They're learning about the lines of inquiry, the central ideas, the key and related concepts to create connections between the various content areas. And this is what creates generalizations and transfer to the next grade level and beyond. So if we go back to 
the standards that we talked about in our previous challenge. I'm just going to pull out a few. Then we're going to use them to help us to make this connection in action. So social studies. Examine different resources of places and regions. So we're looking at what's where, right? Um, then science, we're looking at those basic needs of plants and animals based on location. Both of them are location. We got resources in certain places and we got plants and animals in certain places. Now, ELA, we're going to focus on folktales. And math, we're going to do coins up to a dollar and symbols, cents, dollars, decimals. So the symbols of money. So in isolation, the standards don't look like they have much connection at all. But when you take a deeper look, you can always find ways to connect them together using concepts. We're going to explore this relationship of using standards with central ideas and lines of inquiry when we explore concepts in our next series. But for now, let's take baby steps and use these key and related concepts to help us. So when I look at the standards, examining different resources of places and regions, basic needs of plants and animals, folk tales, and symbols of money, I see the related concept, a concept of location. Social studies. The resources we have are largely determined by location. Think about that. Where we get things. Houston, where I live, largely driven by oil. We have so much fossil fuels here because we're on the Gulf. So many organisms have died here, so they're constantly processing oil. That's determined by location. Science, plants and animals will have different needs based on where they live. And this is determined by the climate and the ecosystem or the environment that they live in. That's determined by location. So we're plants and animals, depending on temperature, depending on closeness to the equator, um, elevation, all of that is going to determine a lot about the resources that they need in order to survive and thrive. Now, language arts, if you think about it, all folk tales are centered around how a particular culture interacts and perceives in the world. And this is largely determined by their location. And now math, based on where you live, the symbols for money will look differently, but they generally have the same purpose. So see how I've woven in location as a big idea to cement these different content area. Now they have something to hang on, right? And, and as you go throughout the day and you're teaching all of these um, content, you're able to say, okay, we're going to take a lunch, but you have to unpack what does location mean first? Then here's an example of location, location, location. And something tells me a line of inquiry is going to talk about something about resources 
and location. Aha! So our goal is to find a connection between the content we teach so it's easier for our students to make meaningful applications. Very simple, right? <laughs> I know you're like, Lou, you're doing my head in. I know. So let's go on to the challenge. This is just a background information. It just imagine this is going to get even more rich and deeper in concepts. Woo! But I know you can handle it. You guys have been doing great so far. Don't give up. And we'll see you on the other side of this challenge. Love you to bits.